Hello, my name is David Norris, Head of Audit and Compliance at Mercia, and today I want to talk about ISQM. So, you might have heard about the ISQMs before. Uh, primarily, people talk about ISQM1. Uh, there is an ISQM2 as well, but that is really just focused on dealing with EQCRs or hot reviews, as we normally call them. And I think for today, I want to post that to one side and really focus on ISQM1 preparation. Based on the comments that we're getting from clients, and we are getting quite a few, uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what this is, what it means, and how you might get ready. So I'd like to give you what I think is a sensible approach to getting ready once we've had a quick reminder of what's in the standard. So firstly, broad overview. This is not about how you audit individual areas. In a sense, it's not really about how you approach the audits at all. It is about the culture, the framework, the procedures of the firm around the audit work that means that the individual audits are done well. The standard itself is broken into eight different areas, and it's a little bit odd when you think about it. It starts with a risk assessment process. It ends with a monitoring and remediation process. So that's number one and number eight. And then in the middle, there are six other sections that talk about the objectives for quality that you need. So let's just think about that again. You start with a risk assessment, you end with a monitoring and remediation process, and then the six middle sections talk about the quality objectives that you need. And I think that is a really helpful way of thinking about the standard because that helps us understand how we need to approach preparation for the standard, which, by the way, we must be ready for by the 15th of December 2022. So if we think about that eight stage model, number one, then, is this risk assessment process. We cannot think about monitoring and remediation. We cannot think about even what procedures we need to deal with the six areas of quality objectives. We can't think about any of that until we've done our risk assessment process. So we need to start by assessing the risk that our firm may not meet those quality objectives. We're getting questions from firms saying, hey, can you come and review our processes? Now, of course, we can, but we can't do that effectively for ISQM until you've done this risk assessment process. So how do we do a risk assessment process? What you do is you look at the quality objectives in the standard, and that will link to the FRC's ethical standard, but you look at those quality objectives. There's a lot of them in the rest of ISQM. There's something like 120. And you say, what are the risks that my firm might not meet those quality objectives? 
And that could be because of the way we're governed. There's too much emphasis on profit. There's not an ability to delegate. It could be we've got some ethical issues because we've got long periods of engagement or fee dependence. It could be that we've got a very limited audit team, or it could be that we've got very specialist audits. And so we need expert technical knowledge in order to to deal with our charities or our pension schemes or our listed clients. We could have geographically diverse clients. And so we've got an issue about communicating with them or component auditors, or we've got internally very geographically diverse uh, home workers or something. And so communicating with them uh, gives us certain challenges. So we need to go through those risks based on our firm, the structure, the size, the client base, maybe the age, the number of auditors, the experience that they've got, and we see how uh, we can deal with those different risks. From that risk assessment, we then can say what our uh, processes and procedures need to be. Now, actually, your existing policies and procedures to comply with ISQC1 might already be nearly good enough. They might need some tweaking. Uh, a lot of firms are saying there's things that they do that just aren't written down clearly that they'll need to write down. But for a good firm, your actual processes, what you're actually doing might nearly be there. But there is this documentation process of risk assessing, making sure you've thought about the nature and structure of your firm and your client, pay, your client base, and then assessing those procedures and policies, writing up any that are missing. Then you can say you're ready for the ISQMs. For example, I was talking to one of my firms and we were talking about one of the quality objectives, making sure that governance, making sure that leadership of the firm puts audit quality above commercial considerations. I said, how do you how are you going to deal with that when ISQM takes into effect? You know, and let's be honest. How do you deal with it now? Because you're a good firm. And they went, well, what happens is we have uh, file reviews and they are graded, uh, that's what Mercia does, and that gets shared with the whole management board of the firm. So even though a proportion of that management board have nothing to do with audit, uh, they're not you know, remunerated by audits, they have nothing to do with the audit department, the results of the cold reviews are shared with the whole management board so the firm can make sure that no, none of their strategic decisions, none of the behaviours, none of the capacity or technical issues, none of that is causing them a, an audit risk. And then the whole management board can deal with any problems or sign off, if you like, and say, we're happy we're strategically moving in the right direction. So I thought that's really impressive. The firm already has a process in place to make sure that they've tackled, if you like, the risk that governance and leadership is not effective for audit. They've already got that in place. The question I said then, have you risk assessed this and written down that procedure? No, because there's historically not been a need.
So you might be in that position. You know, you've got great procedures for recruitment, training, quality control, governance, leadership, you know, technical resources, all of the things that are in the standard. But still, there will be some work to do when it comes to documenting ISQM compliance. In terms of helping you do that, you could start with a blank piece of paper uh, and have the ISQM in front of you. And you could go through the standard and you could pick out all the objectives and think about the risks and, and you could do all that yourself. Uh, if you'd like some help with that, then on our website, you on the ISQM part of the website, you can search and we have a risk management tool uh, and that is to help you do this because we've gone through the standard for you. We've picked out the objectives, suggested some risks. Please tailor it. But we have suggested some risks and given some example procedures that you can build on. And for many people, that will be a great starting point for ISQM compliance. Finally, then I want to talk about Section 8 and the monitoring and remediation process. Now, Again, that's not particularly new, uh, I don't think. What they're trying to say is that this is an encouragement to be proactive and to make sure that our processes and procedures and, and our risk assessment is a live document and it really reflects the, the risks, the issues that the firm faces. So how do you... How do you do that? I mean, well, let's look at how you do that at the moment. You have procedures for ISQC1, and you then would have a cold review process. You would have uh, comments that come out of the cold review process, and then hopefully you would respond and, and say what you're going to do differently. Do you acknowledge the weakness and, and what's, what are you going to do going forward? We find that it is often uh, not particularly well documented for a lot of firms. You know, we do the cold reviews. It may or may not generate a written response from the firm. And it may or may not be clear that that's communicated to the rest of the audit team. And it may or may not be clear whether the underlying procedures have ever been updated and they can end up looking very static. So when we get to ISQM, implementation at the end of this year, that documentation, that, that feed through from monitoring results from a cold review through to communication to the team and amending procedures, that must get much better. So I think we should all be doing it already, but maybe it's just informal in small firms. But we're going to need to see a much clearer link between this is what we found from our monitoring process these are the outcomes and this is how we've communicated it and changed our internal processes. One of the ways we need to think about doing that is root cause analysis. And so we're getting a lot of inquiries from firms saying, do the root cause analysis. Can Mercia do it? Let's do some to get ready. Well, root cause analysis is always great and the institutes do ask for that already when they do monitoring reviews. So it is a small part of preparation for ISQMs because I think you've got to do your risk assessment and procedures first, but I totally accept that root cause should be best practice going forward. But let's just clarify what it is and who can do it. And so root cause analysis is taking a file, thinking about the weaknesses, 
and then asking in a non-confrontational, non-blame way with all of the audit team, why do you think this happened? You know, not why do you think this happened? You're in trouble. But why do you think this happened? How can we fix this root cause? So, you know, so it's not saying to someone, you did it wrong, you're in trouble. You know, how can you do this wrong? You mustn't ever do it again. It's, come on, why didn't you understand how to do a group audit? And it's the person, say, not being defensive, but just in all honesty saying, actually, I just don't really get it. We haven't had much training. Maybe the audit system's not detailed enough. I, I, I just struggled, but I, we didn't have time to deal with it and, and, and I didn't know what to do. So the root cause might be ineffective planning or ineffective standard templates for this kind of client. The root cause might be lack of training on this particular area. So we are going to implement perhaps some new audit programs, change our processes, and we're going to roll out some training for the whole audit team or for anyone dealing with group audits. So root cause analysis is not particularly rocket science, but it is an analysis of what went wrong, looking for something that is a sort of systemic weakness across the firm. It's done once the cold review has been done, the weaknesses have been owned and acknowledged, and it is then something that you try and do going forward. So can Mercia help? Of course we can help, but we can't get you the answer. You can't sit one of my reviewers in a room and say, find the root cause. No, ultimately the firm will need to honestly work out what went wrong but certainly we could be the interviewer. We could be the person that asks those questions. Is root cause analysis mandatory? It's not quite clear in the standard whether it is absolutely uh, mandatory, but you know what? It is, I think, so encouraged that it is something every firm should do. It doesn't have to take that long, but I do suggest it should be slightly separate from a file review where you're trying to find fault. You know, we're trying to fix the file and work out our weaknesses. A root cause is trying to encourage conversation, openness, and look for systemic weaknesses. So think about that. By all means, practice it this year. We're going to change our report templates to allow root cause analysis. The Institute QAD visits ask for root cause analysis. So have a go at it this year, think about the process, but next year I can really see that is gonna be fundamental to most firms. Uh, and so think about how you can implement that into your review cycle. So I hope that was helpful. We're more than happy to talk about this. We have an ISQM uh, section of our website. We have our new ISQM product. And if you want to ask a question about getting ready, uh, about how you might uh, roll out root cause analysis, we do have some training on root cause analysis, but our technical team are always ready to help you. Good luck with ISQM preparation. You've got until the 15th of December, 2022. Um, so make a start soon as possible so that you're ready and everyone is trained and ready to go before Christmas. All the best. Thank you very much.